0: Uh, Alexis, if you'll go first. Am I saying that correctly, Alex? Yes. Okay, who are you? Yes. Again, and thank you for pulling the microphone to you. And state your name, whom you represent, and you have three minutes, sir. Okay. Uh, my name is Alexis Aliserio. I am a member of Lupe, La Union del Pueblo Entero. I'm a resident of South Texas uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. Today, I come to speak out against Governor Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star that is directly affecting us border communities. This attempt at attacking and criminalizing our immigrant communities and communities of color is a disgusting operation that functions on racist, illegal, and xenophobic means. Using words like invasion and other harmful rhetoric to try to justify these acts only goes to hurt our communities and create an inaccurate image that goes on to be spread to other places that are not near us. It is a shameful and gross misuse of funds and resources that are definitely needed in other aspects of the living conditions of those that live in the border communities. This illegal operation needs to be investigated and its dark inhumane actions to face repercussions. Funding to Operation Lone Star must be immediately cut because this attack on our communities only brings harm to our neighborhoods. Living in a border community, every day we are over-policed by border and uh, law enforcement entities, along with other uh, law enforcement entities that contribute to the over-militarization of our border and the pressure that bring that, that brings to those living in these areas, um, Yes, the money spent on this racist and predatory operations are needed in other um, things, such as health care resources, education, public infrastructure, and other aids to our communities. Um, Us living in border communities deserve better. People coming to seek safety deserve better. There are lives being treated as a crime um, that deserve better. Communities of color and immigrant communities do deserve better than these hasty generalizations and fear mongering that try to justify this operation. Thank you. Okay. Thank
1: you, Alexis, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Fernando, uh, you're next, if you would. Please state your name, whom you represent. And you have three minutes. Pick a microphone.
2: You can hear me there, right? It's hard to hear you. You cannot hear me? Yeah, there you go. Speak into the microphone directly. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, good morning. Good afternoon. Um, I'm Fernando Garcia. I'm the founder and executive director of the Border Network for Human Rights based in El Paso, Texas. Uh, Today, I'm speaking on behalf of 1,000 Latino families and border residents that are part of the border network and the Frontera Texas organizing project in El Paso Presidio, Sierra Blanca, El Rio Eagle Pass, Lareo, and the Texas Valley. I want to express this uh, as clearly as I can. This state meddling in federal immigration enforcement is illegal, unconstitutional, and very dangerous. One example, 2022 was a daily, the daily, de- deadliest year in record of migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers crossing the border, the U.S.-Mexico border, but more concerning dying in the, at the Texas border. One, more than 1,000 migrants had died alone this year, and Operation Lone Operation Star has contributed to this horrific situation by pushing migrants to isolated deserts, mountains, and rivers, and canals, where they are dying at at a ratio never seen before in our state. Moreover, due to Operation Lone Star, border residents, citizens of the United States had been subjected to racial profiling and mistreatment by the state police and the Texas National Guard just because they look or or they are Latinos living at the Texas border. Several studies, such as the one conducted by the Texas Civil Rights Project, show that in just one county, Kinney County, traffic stops. Uh, targeting border residents ro- rose by 1,000% since the beginning of the operation, while the detention of immigrants and drug interdiction did not rise at the same proportion. So the, the meaning of this is that long-term border residents are being impacted disproportionately by Operation Long Star. Let's be very honest. Los, operation, Long Star, Los, operation Long Star is the concrete and, and, re- and terrible result of an intentional distorted narrative that paints migrant families and asylum seekers as criminals, as a threat to the United States. This narrative does, does not reflect the, the border and immigrant families. There, <coughs> there is not such an invasion. So we're calling for the following. First, uh, for Governor Abbott to immediately, without delay, discontinue the anti-immigrant, anti-refugee operation Long Star at the Texas border. Secondly, for the Texas legislature uh, to launch a quick and transparent investigation of the impacts of Operation Long Star in the lives of rising residents at, border, uh, at the border, and specifically the relation between OLS and migrant die, migrants dying at the border. Finally, for Governor, Governor Abbott and the Texas legislature to redirect billions of dollars using unnecessary state border enforcement operations and invest it in urgent needs at the border, such as healthcare, nutrition. Education, housing, and jobs. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Fernando. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Ms. Bueno, you're recognized.
3: Hello. Hello. My name is Ivan Bueno. I am from the Rio Grande Valley. I work at Lupe and Lupe Votes, and I'm here representing my border community. We are a hardworking community that is being attacked by Greg and and his unconditional Operation Lone Star. This policy violates the Constitution's supremacy clause and prohibits states from creating their own immigration enforcement policies. This is a law enforced only in Texas. It is a racist law. It promotes racial profiling, targeting people of color, and jailing people sometimes without no reason. Then they are locked up in inhuman conditions with inadequate medical care, unsanitary food, and abuse from jail staff, all because of a law made up for trespassing. Our border is portrayed to be this criminal war zone. I know firsthand that it is not. I have lived in the Valley my whole life. We are a hardworking community. People here, whether documented or not, from immigrants to DACA to migrant workers, we are hardworking people thriving in our community. Operation Losar is a waste of taxpayers' money. Billions of dollars could be used to fund our teachers, healthcare, infrastructure, and improve our power grid. Put that money where it really needs to be spent. I ask you senators and Senator Chuy Rosa to please cut funding for this policy that only hurts our immigration community.
0: Thank you, Ms. Bueno. Thank you. You're and uh, Ms. Camacho, you're recognized.
4: My name is Tania Chavez Camacho and I'm a member of La Union del Pueblo Entero. an over 8,000 member organization. I have her sat in the Rio Grande Valley community, my home, for the past 22 years what communities are thriving and vibrant there is no better place to raise a family than the Rio Grande Valley which was the case until operation Lone Star started in March of 2021 I actually lived as an undocumented citizen for 20 years in the Rio Grande Valley and I know firsthand what it is to live in fear dining at restaurants and CBP and DPS officers sitting right next to you gives you a grouching pain in the stomach. Operation Lone Star is the latest attempt from Governor Abbott to criminalize immigrants and people of color and border residents like myself in the Rio Grande Valley. Recently, the Monitor, our local newspaper, released photos of overcrowded jail facilities in Hidalgo County, a result of the unnecessary arrest of immigrants crossing the border looking for humanitarian aid and a dignified way of life. Senators, before you allocate more funds to Operation Lone Star, we ask that you investigate Operation Lone Star and immediately cut funding for the program. Senator Hinojosa, you and your colleagues should condemn Operation Lone Star because it is harmful for our border communities. It is harmful for your valley. Senators this morning, you listened to a panel of law enforcement, judges, chiefs, law enforcement agencies. They spoke about a large number of drugs and substances coming along the border. I happened to notice that none of them were actually law enforcement agencies from the border communities. From that testimony, it was clear that law enforcement was profiting from border communities. They even spoke about how Operation Lone Star has allowed agents to receive higher wages. Is that really what you meant Operation Lone Star to do? I ask you that you consider reallocating the over $4 billion you stole from COVID relief aid and allocate those funds to school, medical programs, housing initiatives, and other programs that could help our hardworking Texans. Again, I urge you once again to cut the funding to Operation Lone Star.
1: Thank you, Ms. Camacho. Senator Hinojosa, you're recognized. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, and, and thank for you all coming down, or coming up here to Austin to testify. Uh, and I'm pretty familiar with some of the challenges that we face in the Valley. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we used to call it uh, USA Tex-Mex, uh, because from the border to the checkpoints, uh, we had a lot of migrant families. Uh, they were undocumented. Uh, but lived in peace. Um, working, there's an underground economic background, uh, economic underground uh, in the valley. People have jobs, people work, support their families, send the kids to school. Uh, and and things have changed quite a bit from, I guess, uh, my mom uh, was here illegally. Uh, she was undocumented. Uh, and my father, who was a U.S. citizen, um, was a truck driver. So we used to go. Pick cotton, uh, tomatoes, uh, carrots, onions, uh, citrus fruit. And uh, my mother was deported when I was five years old, and I was with her. Uh, Border Patrol came up and asked for proper documentation. She didn't have any. So we got deported right away. There was no due process, even though I was a US citizen. Uh, They just put you in a paddy wagon and took you up to the uh, bridge and walked you over. Uh, So I'm pretty familiar with those issues. Uh, and uh, the immigration that's now taking place has changed quite a bit. From used to be from Mexico mostly, uh, people coming to work, uh, and now we seem to be overwhelmed with people from all over the world. Uh, and 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 Operation Longstar. Uh, I guess my question would be: Can you give us some examples how it's impacting uh, our communities in a negative way? A- anyone can answer.
2: Sorry, I, I mentioned a couple of them in my, in my testimony, but I think I want to uh, address them again. Um, you know that uh, at the border, uh, if you are arrested at the border, even if you are a US citizen, because of the massive enforcement that we have at the border, um, it's very difficult to not to observe the practice of uh, racial profiling, for example. And uh, and I mentioned that in one county, Kena County has an example, but I think that extends to the the rest of the border where you have uh, state troopers and national guards that are not trained on enforcing immigration laws. They don't have the authority to do so, so they don't know the practicality of immigration laws. Let's just put as as a context that Border Patrol, they need to go to, to almost half a year of training to barely understand the application of the law. So then you have state troopers that never had gone through that process, engaging with members of our community. So the first thing that happened is that they start stopping people because of the way that they look, because they look like Latino. So they look like immigrants, or whatever. They, so we had seen a, a rise in the stop of people that at the end, they are validated because they are residents of that community, but they are, they are, they are stopped because they look like Latinos. So this is untrained state agents that actually are practicing discrimination and racial profiling. That's that's one clear example that we can give.
1: You know, we actually, um, uh, and uh, we received uh, feedback and complaints, uh, I think uh county judge from Stark County, about the number of uh, stops by DPS. Uh, and it, it's hard to profile in the Valley, because I mean, it's about, what, 90% plus Hispanic? You know, almost 94%. Uh, but... One of the things uh, that we have discussed with DPS and uh, Director Steve McGraw is not to go into the communities uh, and stop families, Hispanic families. Uh, and what happens many times is uh, the uh, a traffic stop uh, because uh, they didn't uh, turn the signal light on or there's a stop light that's not working uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and we have um, worked with DPS to minimize that in, in terms of, still happens, but nothing compared to initially, because you're right, uh, DPS doesn't have the proper training. But they have cooperated in, in pulling out uh, communities because a lot of uh, parents there uh, are undocumented, even though the kids and the children are documented, the guy to take them to school, drop them off, or go to a health clinic. It's a real challenge. Uh, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, But we continue to work with DPS uh, to make sure that uh, they stick to the mission uh, and focus on the gaps in the trafficking, drug trafficking, which is uh, for real, uh, and dealing with uh, uh, what I call male immigrants coming through other parts of the the border, uh, but to leave the local families alone. And and we have have worked with that issue. And one thing I I will agree with you, also 100 percent. The valley is one of the safest uh, places there is here, not only in Texas, but in the United States. It's a good place to live, raise families. Uh, I think what is happening is a politicized issue so much uh, that it's very difficult to discuss uh, public policy or the challenges we face uh, in the River and the Valley or along the border up to El Paso uh, in trying to come up with the viable solutions to address the problems that we face. Uh, it, it, everything has become so political, especially during campaigns, uh, where they exaggerate, embellish, uh, and paint uh, a complete wrong picture, a very different picture of who we are as families, who we are as law-abiding citizens, uh, and what we have to offer in terms of hard-working families. Uh, and and uh, there's a political side, and, and it's very difficult to control that. I mean, pretty much speech, people say, what do they want? And they do say a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, and but we try to deal with facts and we, and we understand that. The River and the Valley, even though we have made a lot of progress in terms of our education from our community colleges, STC to university, medical school, uh, we, uh, we, while we made a lot of progress, we still want to the per the poorest areas uh, in the United States. But I, I, and this is just my analysis, because I, I was born and raised there, and, and uh, my mother uh, uh, became a legal resident after being, uh, she and I lived in Reynosa for about a year afterwards. Her family is from Mexico side. Uh, and what happens that many times here in the Valley, well, we don't get credit for, uh, is that uh, every generation is different. But we train and educate a generation of, from Mexico, right? when they here. Uh, in this country, in the valley mostly. Uh, and and then uh, they become U.S. citizens or, or have kids that are citizens. But after that, there's another wave uh, of uh, of uh, immigrants coming in that we also help again and again. Uh, in, in the valley, as you well know, uh, we, the, the schools accept uh, anybody who are asking questions, uh, the healthcare. Uh, it's a real challenge for everybody, uh, not just immigrants, uh, but at the county of Hidalgo, the health care services that offered, uh, they don't ask for citizenship. Uh, they don't ask uh, whether you're here legally. All they ask <coughs> is for, uh, a, uh, uh, a, that you are a resident. Not legal resident, just a resident. You, know, you have a light bill, or you pay a water bill. So the challenge we face are many. For us, is trying to find a balance. I mean, how do we balance and not Disturbing families who are there uh, working, providing a benefit to uh, our our community and a benefit to our state and our country. Uh, And many of them, uh, and uh, us, you know, have served the military, right? We volunteered and served our country uh, here in the United States. Uh, And and so trying to also provide protection for those families. From the drugs taking place, I, mean, I don't think those are made up. I mean, those are pretty much raw numbers of what's happening with the pen and tell, cocaine, heroin. I mean, you all see it all the time. Or you see all these um, uh, human trafficking is going on. You have homes in our neighborhoods that are being used for stash houses. Uh, those are real issues that we're trying to address. I don't think the intent is to harass or hassle uh, the local families, and local communities. I know there's uh, some of that that happens. You get a new trooper out of Armoryville or Lubbock or, uh, going down to the valley, not familiar with it, and they uh, think they're going into the war zone, and then they find it's very different. Right? They find it's peaceful and everything else, aside from the issues dealing with some of the challenges with immigration. And so I, I, I appreciate your testimony. I, I know the challenges we face are many. We'll continue to work with the local communities, uh, the issues with DPS, and by DPS or irrational DPS, uh, let us know. Uh, we talk to them right away and, and put a stop to it or uh, make some changes. We, we've done that. Uh, to the credit DPS, we've be always been very cooperative. we responded to uh, our concerns. And many times I know I receive calls from Marita Cox uh, because it DPS be DPS officers. Right. Uh, the, the, the union, right? Uh, and I'll call DPS, hey, what's going on? And they pull them off. Uh, and many times, uh, so it, it is uh, a, a process, and it's not an easy one. It's a challenging one. Uh, we also face challenges in our for our country that we have having people from all over the world trying to come into the United States, not just Mexico anymore, uh, from Central America, South America, from Africa, from Ukraine, from Russia, from the Middle East. So we as a nation I may mean, have a right to know unprotected borders, secure borders. I, I think uh, all of us support legal uh, immigration. Uh, our immigration system is uh, broken, uh, and you're right. Uh, this is a federal issue, a uh, federal issue for whatever reason. Congress can do its work, can't do its job. Uh, and and. In trying to reform our immigration, because we need our uh, young people, we need workers to work in our farms, to work in our ranches, to work in many uh, restaurants and the hotels and construction work. We need some of the skilled labor that they offer. Uh, and right now, <clears throat> the system's completely broken. It's not working. Uh, we're struggling through this process, and hopefully, at some point, uh, it's a federal issue. Congress. Uh, Will do his job and focus on trying to fix our immigration system. Uh, in terms of for Texas, uh, if, uh, we cannot ignore some of the crimes being committed, uh, not by immigrants that are coming to actually look for work and, and, and looking for a better way of life, uh, but in their mix, you know, there are people that uh, are not here to be good citizens uh, and, and looking for work. But anyway, I, I appreciate your testimony.
2: May I add, add something? Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to say that um, I mean, we recognize that border cities like El Paso and the Texas Valley and all of the cities there are very safe cities and safe regions, and they might not be any longer because of Operation Lone Star, and, and let me make the case. for To have community safety and community security, you need to work with communities. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter who they are. And now we have population, border residents, and immigrant families with le- mixed legal status that would, they would not call local sheriffs, the ones that were here, or DPS troopers to report a crime because they are enforcing immigration laws. They don't supposed to enforce immigration laws. They don't supposed to ask the question of immigration status. And that can create a problem for all of us because now we're going to have people not reporting somebody with a ak 47 hitting somebody or without, with drugs or with any other crime, domestic violence. All of, that, all of that because of the rational way that local and, uh, and, and state enforcement is happening at the border.
1: And, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge, uh, and I know that, uh, because we want uh, families to be safe, uh, whether you're here uh, documented or undocumented, that you report crimes. Uh, and we'll work with law enforcement that when somebody reports a crime, uh, that they not be asking that person for the legal status and, and deport them, uh, because otherwise it keeps not only the immigrant community or... Uh, the Barrio of Colonia safe it also keeps all of us uh, safe. So I, I, I agree with that and, and we need to do some more work on that It's an issue not only in the valley uh, And I don't think it's as much in the valley as it is in in bigger cities like Houston and Dallas and, Ch- and uh, uh, San Antonio and so uh, it, it is a, a problem and challenge we trying to work with uh, And I think law enforcement many of them don't ask when you report a crime uh, And we need to be more uh, I guess uh, co- proactive in, in uh, asking and telling our law enforcement to, when somebody reported a crime uh, that is damaging and harmful to the community, that they uh, not ask that person whether or, or not uh, that person is a legal resident.
4: Senator, if may I? I know you mentioned that in the Valley, we're all Hispanic and we will look like the same and racial profiling doesn't tend to happen. It is true that along the US-Texas border, <clears throat> We are a a homogeneous Hispanic population, but the reality is that economic disparities are greater. Mm -hmm. And so because you're driving a car with less economic means, that allows DPS to pull those individuals because they're profiling them as undocumented immigrants because they don't have the means to buy the replacement of a broken tail light. It's forcing them um, to stop immigrants and harass them for their documentations. Farm workers that actually tend to work behind the border wall are being harassed because they are a carpooling to work. And so those are um, the profiling we're speaking about when we mentioned that that Operation Lone Star is harming our communities.
1: Uh, and we've been, we've been working on that passing laws against profiling and, and putting some guardrails on the, our law enforcement, especially DPS. And I know I get a lot of complaints also of ranchers and farmers about uh, their workers being picked up, you know, and because uh, uh, many of them are not uh, documented, so it, it is an issue. The profiling, I think, has uh, been minimized to a certain extent, uh, but it is an issue when you have uh, an older car or a car without taillights, which also could be a possible uh, danger to other drivers. But uh, your point is well made. I, I think we, we have had the base on this issue in terms of profiling, and we're trying to enforce and make the law stronger and get DPS. Uh, DPS does provide us with statistics and breakdown of the arrests and the stops, and uh, whether that person is Hispanic or not, and why they stopped that person. So, the, the, so we, we have oversight over that, and we need to tighten that up. Uh, I think we'll pick it up and do that. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.